Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on leadership development, improving communication, and building team performance. I'm Cindy Massingill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And we're doing a series on uh, what it's like to build high-performing teams, or how do you build high-performing teams. Today, we're going to be talking about this topic of trust and trust on teams. So first question I have is, is why is trust so important in the building of a high-performance team? It's a great question. And, um, I, you know, Patrick Lencioni, is, um, he has done some phenomenal work around the research on what makes teams and why organizations fail to achieve really good teamwork. And in his model, um, he talks about the foundational skill of building trust on a team. And the reason why that's so foundational is because when you have trust, you can then have conflict, healthy conflict, where people share views that might be different than the whole group. Mm-hmm. When people are sharing differing views, you're tapping into all the resources of people, right? And then when, when people are actually sharing their views and you're having constructive conflict, the next step is the whole team can be committed to decisions that are made, even if it wasn't their first choice. And when people are committed to those decisions, there's accountability where peers can hold each other accountable to doing what they say they're going to do. And when people are holding each other accountable, here's what happens. They actually achieve the, the results and the goals that they're all looking to achieve. And that's how trust is really, we got to start with trust when we're building high-performing teams. So that sounds great. And, and I, I agree with that. How do you begin to, to create that trust uh, in an organization, particularly in an, an organization that brings diverse points of view and perspectives to the table? Ralph, it's a great question, but we got to address kind of the elephant in the room, this idea of building trust in the workplace. It feels fuzzy. It feels, you know, people are soft. They're the touchy-feely, right? Yeah. And and I think, you know, I'm reflecting on, and, and I've never done this, but I've read about it a lot, like this concept of the of boot camp, right? When you go into the, the military, how, how you're broken down and then built up how you go through a number of shared experiences that are stretch experiences which i think because i have not been through it create this vulnerability where the only way in which you can survive or get through it is you have to help one another you have to be vulnerable and and so you're so you're actually almost uh <laughs> forced to spend the time together to create the trust necessary to perform at the levels that are expected. And when they come out of that experience, I haven't been in the military either. I have a lot of family members who have been in the military. They actually refer to their peers, their strangers when they go in and when they come out they refer to them as their brothers their sisters yeah the connection i mean i've seen tv shows on this i mean one of my favorite ones and the connection seems to to run deep and it seems to run across people you've never met before and so there's this sense that you can engage with these people at a different and deeper level uh, that there's almost a stronger commitment mm-hmm. to one another, which which I can't help but think yields better results as a consequence. 
So going back to your original question, how do organizations and teams build trust? You know, how do I think, are we saying to do boot camp? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think we are because I think that, um, and this has been a little bit of a fr- frustration for me over the years, that we'll propose what we really think it takes to, to develop a high-performing team and people will say we don't have the time, we're not, I think people need to step up and we need to step up and say, here's the commitment and here's what's required to really build a foundation of vulnerability-based trust. And if you're not interested, maybe you're not interested in building your organization as a high-performing team. <laughs> My family calls it forced family fun time. <laughs> oh, alliteration. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, it's, and I'm coming, coming off a little bit strong, but, but, I, but I think that it's like we, wanna, we like to be a high-performing team, but we don't want to pay the price to be that high-performing team. And the price doesn't necessarily mean to be long, long hours, but I do think it needs to be an investment in uh, vulnerability and intimacy and relationship building that goes well beyond the surfacey stuff. The surface, you know, that we get a group of people together that are really smart, really talented, have tremendous amount of experience, and we assume that they're going to perform like a high-performing team. And really what we need to be doing is the boot camp activities, you know, the rapport building, getting to know one another, spending time together so that we're comfortable down the road saying when we can't do something or when we need help. Yeah, asking for help or or engaging in uh, some pretty animated conflict when we see it differently and not being so thin-skinned that that stops us from uh, working through to uh, resolution and making a commitment. You know, well, first of all, it's it's got to start with the leader of the team. You know, they they have to be willing to demonstrate what we refer to as this vulnerability based trust. To they have to be willing to be open to saying, "I dropped the ball. I can't do that. Um, I'm not confident in my ability to do it." Or Here's where I fall short. You know, they have to real. They have to demonstrate this vulnerability tr- based trust, so that the rest of the team feel you're building that culture where the rest of the team is comfortable of following suit. What have you found that works with people that gets them to that point? Because I because I would agree that that's very useful, right? Because it cre- it creates the modeling. But I found a lot of leaders reluctant to. Uh, play their cards more openly or play their hand more openly because they don't want to look weak or they don't want to look mm-hmm. like they don't know what they're doing. And, and so how do we, how do we help uh, people get to that place where they are more vulnerable and that trust begins to develop? You can, one of the ways that we've done it um, is starting with something that um, isn't necessarily um, like really deep vulnerable, you know, starting with something like looking at an assessment, um, a Myers-Briggs, a DISC assessment. Have the team members take one of those type of self-assessments and then share their results with each other and what are the implications of their results and their assessment on the job, on the team, within the organization. You know, just being seeing the pros and cons to what my preferences are, for example. 
Nice, nice. What what else would you uh, suggest for people out there listening as to ways to strengthen trust uh, within the teams that they are uh, either leaders or participants of? Be a little bit more open about what their aspirations are, uh, where they might fall short, um, what their what their proudest moments are, um, how they're feeling about certain decisions. You know, a lot of times leaders feel like they got to protect their team, and so they might not be open with. They're not happy with a decision that's coming down from the top. So there's this balance of both. You want you want to support the decision, but also be open with how you might be disappointed about it as well. You know, there's a word that's coming up for me that may sound a little strange, but there needs to be an intimacy among people mm-hmm. in order Good for word. this trust to really uh, flourish. And when we look at personal relationships or business relationships, there needs to be a, a, you know, a level of intimacy. When I, when I was thinking of, you used the board example earlier, I'm on a number of boards. Um, I'm more cautious because I don't know the people that well, that intimately to joke around, to maybe challenge them, to be, or to even to be vulnerable myself because I'm not sure how they will respond to it. And so I think I do see a, a disconnect between the teams that uh, I'm on that run really well and those that don't really found, find their foundation in the lack of trust and vulnerability. So I think what you're suggesting is rapport building. And I'm, you know, I'm, re- I'm recalling a um, rapport building and building relationships, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know people. I'm recalling uh, one of the fav- my favorite teams that I worked on years ago for a technology company. Someone from the outside would have looked at our team and where we were sitting physically in the building and thought, oh, my gosh, they must be miserable going to work. But this was the most engaging, most fun team. Um, we were sitting, so we were temporarily sitting for about six months in the basement of a warehouse with no windows. Um, the ventilation was iffy. The desks were on top of each other. They were old desks, hardly any space. There was about seven of us. And we laughed. We had fun. Our meetings, we were ribbing each other when somebody didn't pull through on a commitment. Um, just calling each other out and just having fun with it. Helping each other. We each were responsible for specific product lines, helping each other so that each of our product lines met goal so that our team met the collective goal. You saw us doing things outside of work together, inside of work together. I mean, it was really when I think back to like the the most fun um, team that I've been a part of, that was really, that was definitely one of them. So it sounds like that, that there needs to be an element of fun uh, associated with building this trust. I was actually thinking of the word funnerability, right? So that, that this right. idea That's that good. people are more open uh, to share things when they are feeling good, when they're having a good time, right. when they're truly enjoying themselves. So what, what would you say, because this is one that I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with, you know, people say, fake it till you make it, act confident even when you're not. Mm-hmm. That seems to kind of fly in the face of, uh, this idea of being vulner- vulnerable and using vulnerability-based um, trust. What would what would you say to people out there that are that may have that mindset? 
what about faking it? And yeah, you, yeah, no, it? you know, yeah. nothing bothers me, and I have no weak spots. You know, because I, I, I think we, I think I have had that training, and I think yeah. we bump into people, and I think I slip back into that yeah. mode from time to time, acting like I really know when I don't. So I think we're suggesting the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there might be a time for that, but really, when you're, if your if your goal is to build a high performing team. We got to start with trust, and it's got to be around this vulnerability-based based trust to be open. And that, you know, we we talked about like being open where you fall short, um, what you're happy about, what excites you, all of that. But I think we wanted um, the reason why that's important is because here's what happens if you don't have it, right? So if you ask me to do something, and I don't admit to you that I'm not super confident in my ability to do something, and I just attempt to do it, Mm -hmm. chances are it's going to get done poorly if it gets done at all, right? And because I'm covering up the fact that I'm, whereas if I were open about it, you could help me with that. Absolutely. Right. So that's where it, it you know, it kind of goes against the fake it to you make it. We want you to feel comfortable saying, hey, I need some help with this, because if you don't, it's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to finish better. Well, the irony for me in that example is that, you know, most people would say they're honest. And I think that's BS. Because I think most people aren't honest with what they're concerned about, what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not honest enough to be truly vulnerable. And, and so I think that's an interesting thing for us to look at as we are forming and building teams and organizations. Yeah, I do too. Remember, the um, we, we recently loved that article in the New York Times. Uh, Google uh, was about how what Google found when they on their quest to build the perfect team. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this idea of psychological safety, which I love. And, this, you know, this speaks to the building trust on the teams, too. Absolutely. And I think that in, in the article, I can remember one of the things that uh, created that psychological safety was this uh, leader um, sharing with a group that uh, he was stage four cancer Mm -hmm. and uh you know sharing something personally so i think there's this element of we're a whole person we bring our whole self to the job and being vulnerable enough to not only talk about uh what how the job is going but also talk about things outside of work that actually influence our ability to perform the job yeah so what would we how would we summarize this you know what for people who are listening to this episode and thinking, yeah, this is something that I I really need to work on this with my team. What would we recommend to kind of summarize next steps? This may be a little uh, counter to what we talked about in meetings, but I think a longer, longer meetings early to truly form the team, Mm -hmm. you know, so if a team is needed, right, if collaborative work is necessary to achieve the results then take the necessary time to uh, build the trust and form the solid foundation for the team to to soar. Build the relationships with Absolutely. the individuals. Absolutely. And set the tone for that and be open with how you're feeling, what you're thinking, even if it's even if it could be perceived as negative, right? Mm-hmm. Sharing sharing what your thoughts are. I think that's good. Yeah, I think people uh, hesitate to speak up on teams because they have this paradigm 
uh, that they're not being a team player if they challenge things that they think everybody wants them to do. Mm-hmm. And that very uh, thought is is not being vulnerable. It's actually not feeling comfortable enough to express how you're truly feeling. And I think that actually sub-optimizes performance along the way. So I think what we're suggesting is uh, one idea, um, low-risk idea, doing something like a Myers-Briggs or, or DISC assessment as a team and having people share the pros and cons of their, of their preferences, right? Number one. Yeah. Number two, building rapport, being open, thinking about this idea of vulnerability and intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, setting the tone, you know, really doing it so that your people feel comfortable in following suit. Absolutely. Modeling the behavior and digging deeper, I think, with Myers-Briggs and DISC, really digging deeper into how those preferences, those uh, personality types manifest for you and and really uh, understanding how it impacts your ability to work and play well with others. Good, good. This is good. I think this will uh, lead nicely into our next episode. We wanted to talk about commitments, managing commitments, and the impact on team performance. Exactly. Not just managing them, being uh, more selective in the ones that we make. 